Uh, what's up, everyone? My name is Michael Johnston, and this is, I guess, the second episode, although it's technically now the first, but this would be the second episode of what is called Writing Friction. Um, I originally started it with another author, and then that stopped happening. So now I'm going to do it on my own. Um, I'm hoping people don't hate the sound of my voice, and I'm hoping maybe we can start a discussion about creativity. Um, I wrote a book back in the first draft in November of uh, 2019. Uh, today's date, in case you want to know, it's August something. What is it? August... No, shit, it's September. <laughs> it's September 3rd, uh, 2020, and the world is still turning. Um, it hasn't ended. Um, and I haven't stopped writing. Um, I think a lot about progress and how people are able to accomplish goals that they set. I started a book about three years ago. Um, and I have been working on it every single day since. And what happens is along the way, I don't necessarily get distracted, but an idea or something new will pop into my head. And God, I always forget her name. I think it's Diane Steele or Danielle Steele. One of those. I'll look it up. I'm actually sitting in my dog van recording this right now. Um, and I own a dog walking business. Rough pause. And I read it like an interview, or it might have been on her Wikipedia page, something. She sold like 50 billion books about romance novels and owns one of the biggest homes in San Francisco and is very wealthy. And she is always working, and I'm going to misquote this, but if I remember correctly, she said four or five different books at a time. Um, and what she talks about is being able to jump into different narratives and books with ease. Um, I talk to a lot of people, a lot of authors, and also a lot of, you know, painters and especially musicians. And I don't want to say there's a common theme of, you know, being singular minded when it comes to being or working on a create a creative process or in this instance a book, a specific piece of art. Um I have found over much trial and error <laughs> that it's impossible for me to just work on one single thing. Um, oh, shit. We're going to take a break. Hold on. And we're back. Sorry about that. Um, if you could see where I was recording this, you would understand why we just took a quick break. So um, what I was saying before is the idea of just working on one single thing, it, to me, it feels impossible. And... Jumping into different books or works right right now has been helping my novel. Um, I've been looking at the first page of this book for the last week and a half, and I have changed it at least 50 fucking times. Um, I'm happy with 93% of the rest of that chapter, but that first like page and a half... I read it and I get stuck in it and then I'm just in it and to pull that camera back becomes like fucking impossible and you get stuck. Um, I don't like getting stuck. 
Uh, I don't think we should get stuck. Um, one way to get out of being stuck is to be able to have other options, especially within your creative field. And if I were a musician and I was stuck on a song, I'd put down my guitar, I'd go to the piano, and I'd play a G chord, and I'd just see how that felt. If I was a painter and I was looking at the canvas and what I wanted in my head was not forming with my paint, I'd put the brush down and I'd pick up a pencil. Um, When it comes to writing... We don't have many other options for creativity. What we really have are formats in the sense of like a novel or a novella or a short story, things like that. Um, So what I've been doing is I've been collecting different things like that. I've been writing short stories. I've been writing novellas and I've been writing novels. And what happens is I get stuck And now I have, it's almost like a quiver. It's like a quiver of shitty, uncompleted drafts. And I'm always able to just jump back into that little pool, swim around in it, see what the waters are feeling like. And again, if I don't like how that particular piece feels, now I have have other options that I can go into and use. And who knows? I can go back to something I wrote like, seven months ago think it's total shit but come across one sentence and I'm like damn that's fucking awesome and then I'm off to the races um if I didn't have those other works that were in various stages of completion you know and I was just the kind of person who was just doing one single thing and I'm I'm gonna write this the fucking greatest novel ever and you know I'm everyone's gonna love it. nah fuck that it's just not gonna happen that way um you know I look at it almost. I'm funny. I'm actually now driving past the jujitsu school. It's all it's closed, which sucks. But I my boxing gym's been closed for months. I'm getting fat. Anyways, um, I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. So I think of jujitsu could be a novella in the sense of mixed martial arts is the art form similar to being a writer um in mixed martial arts you know you can't just be a boxer you also have to know to re- how to wrestle you have to know grappling it helps to probably know muay thai um things like that and you don't do all of these things at once you work on things individually and the individual pieces now become part of that whole so that when you need to go and for instance, a UFC fighter, when they're in the ring, they have trained themselves in all these different areas. It's just instinct. They just, they're able to go to the wrestling. They're able to go to the boxing. They're able to go to the jujitsu. Um, I'm not saying that a writer is training themselves for a fight, but kind of they are. You're kind of fighting with your fucking mind, to be honest. Um, if you're going to tell me that every single time, I mean, at least for me, every single time I open my laptop and I get ready to write, it takes me about 10 minutes to just convince myself that I'm not a total piece of shit. And then it takes me like another 10 or 15 minutes just to get warmed up. It's like stretching before working out. Um, and a lot of writers and a lot of people have a lot of difficulty with that initial phase of creativity. And that's where people fall apart. Um, but again, you know, you, you could blame getting stuck. You could blame, you know, looking at a piece, a piece of, you know, 
a, a page of a draft for 30 minutes and you've done nothing with it and you're stuck and you close the laptop and you're like, fuck this, I'm done, and then you don't write again for a week. Um, that's not how the game is played, I don't think. I mean, I've only actually written one book, but and it was a novella, uh, and it was self-published. But, um, you know, to my eyes, you know, anyone who is successful at anything is constantly working on many different things at the same time. Um, you know, gone are the days where, to my, again, to my knowledge, where an author can just have the luxury of working on just one long book, you know, unless you're, you know, one of the ones that have that luxury. I don't. I own a dog walking business in, in the middle of a pandemic. So I have to have the ability to do all these things. And in the at the end of the day, it just makes me a better writer. Um, so I wrote a short story back in like middle of April, right when the pandemic hit, it was in San Francisco. Um, and it was called The Couple Across the Street. It was all right. It was, you know, it, it was all right. It was my first ever short story. Um, and what happened was I had about a, a, a months earlier, I ran into on the street um, a local San Francisco author. Uh, some of you might know him. His name is Adam Johnson. Uh, he won a National Book Award and he won the Pulitzer Prize. Um, and I ran into him on the street. Um, he was am amazed that I actually recognized him. Um, and by that simple fact, I think he was down to just talk to me. And anyways, we ended up talking for like 30 minutes. Um, and yeah, I mean, this has got, you know, this is one of the greatest authors we have. Um, and he was talking about the book that he's working on. Um, he was walking with his backpack, you know, very unassuming. No, I'm sure no one knows who the fuck he is. Um, again, that's why I think he started talking to me. <laughs> God, I remember the look on his fucking face. When I rolled down, I was in, I was in the van. I'm recording this in right now. When I rolled down the window and I was like, excuse me. And he turned around. I'm like, are you Adam Johnson? And he looked at me like, like no one had ever asked him that question, even like his own mother. And he was like, who's asking? I'm like, well, a really big fan. Um, and just like, it was a humbling experience. He was just super down earth, super cool. Um, gave me a couple of tips, but he was talking about the new book that he's working on. Um, and you know, Adam Johnson is a guy who is afforded that luxury of being able to work on that one great novel. Again, I'm not. So I don't like the idea of just being stuck working on one thing and, you know, putting all my eggs in one basket. Um, so I write this short story, The Couple Across the Street, and I submit it to The New Yorker and The Atlantic. And I heard back from The New Yorker and they turned me down. So what I learned was, A, if you actually write the story and you finish it and you send it in, they might get back to you. Um, there's nothing wrong with rejection. Uh, rejection only fuels me um, to the point where I wrote another short story. <laughs> um, and it kind of came to me in a flash. Again, it's the idea you have to be open to just being able to accept anything that comes into your mind and then just run with it if it feels natural. And I was watching Vice release this like WWF like two season series and one of the episodes was about the uh owen hart tragedy in 1999 when he fell from the roof and he fucking died on pay-per-view um and at the end of the episode 
Um, I always forget his name too. I think it's Jeff Ross. JR, right? I'm asking you. No one here. Um, yeah, JR. And he said a line that just just struck lightning in my head. And what the line was, he said, when he fell from the sky in Kansas City. And I'm like, oh, well, that's an entire short story right there. And what I did was I picked up my laptop. I wrote a sentence that I was very happy with. And then I just let it ride. And what ended up happening was it kind of just flowed out of me. Um, I took that true story and fictionalized it. Um, and what that allowed me to do is almost have a blueprint to really how the story, I mean, we all know how the story was going to end. He fucking dies. Um, but having that blueprint in front of me was able to ignite enough of emotion in me and foresight to be like, well, I can just bang out this story in a week. Um, I dated it to me like two more fucking months. And what happened was it went through a couple of iterations and along the way, I was able to dip my toes back into that story whenever I wanted. This guy is not moving. Let's go make a right. Thank you. Um, and I was able to dip my toes back into it. Um, and I'd go to and from, I, you know, I would leave it alone for a couple of days, maybe a week, come back, work on it for three days straight, go back to, you know, a novel or something. And what ended up happening was I started teaching myself how to now do this new format. Um, now I have two short stories. Uh, and so what I did was I ran it through some people, got some feedback, worked on it to where I was happy with it and Google Docs was happy with it. And I submitted it to The New Yorker the Atlantic. And I think I, yeah, I also submitted it to, uh, the Paris review and it will get rejected by all three. And that is completely fine. That's the whole point. And what is also the point is I wrote the story. If I didn't have the mindset of being able to dip my toes into other waters, that story would have never been created. And neither would the story before that one have been created. And what's going to happen is I'm going to be able to write enough of these short stories that I'll have at least eight or ten of them all be rejected. And then I'll have a new book, right? I'll have an entire story collection of short stories. And these little stories in my mind are just, again, little puddles to the bigger lake that I'm trying to swim in. Again, I, you guys who don't know me, uh, I'm, you know, I never took a writing class in my entire life. Uh, I graduated from city college in San Francisco with a business degree. And then I started a dog walking business. Uh, I toured in bands for half of my life, um, playing guitar. And so I come from the music world and, uh, you know, it, it just having written, been trying to write for the last two, three years, the similarities in the music world and the publishing world have been absolutely fucking mind blowing, but that, that'll be a different episode. Um, but it, it just, no one's teaching me this stuff, um, except for the people in the knowledge that I seek out myself. Uh, you know, listening to authors and people on podcasts, you know, like on Rogan's podcast and whoever, whatever fucking podcast it is. Um, and you hear, you know, like Marin, Marin's the best at it. Marin's the best at asking about the process. Like, how do you do it? How did you write that specific song? You know, what was it like recording that specific record? Um, things like that. 
Um, and that's the kind of knowledge I think creatives need to really seek out in other creatives. Oh God, this reminds me. Yeah. So Robert Persig, uh, the a guy who wrote the book called The Art and Maintenance. Oh shit, what is it? The Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And when the book came out, the guy's like a famous recluse. And when the book came out, um, NPR, or maybe a couple years after it came out, NPR did like a 20 minute interview with him. Um, and the woman was pretty much it was it's one it was so good it's actually bookmarked on my safari like tabs and i listen to it at least like a couple times a year and the gist of the interview is you know he's just a you know like a pretty even keeled unemotional dude and he said he would get up at like 2:30 a.m. he would write for 4 hours and then he'd go to work and then he'd write when he got home. And then when the book was like in the final stages of like being finished, you know, he worked on it for like two months. Um, again, that's a mindset of someone who can just focus on that singular particular thing. But it's also the mindset of someone who just sets the goal and then does the things that they need to do in order to accomplish it. And that's just getting up four hours before you have to fucking work and write. Bourdain did the same thing with uh, Kitchen Confidential. He says he wrote that book, he would write that book, I think, like in the morning or before his work shifts. Um, I mean, that's what I do. I, I, I get up at 6 a.m. so I can write before I have to go to work at 9. I'm not saying that's for everyone. And I'm also not saying that for everyone they should have multiple projects going on at once. I'm saying is that's what works for me and that's what keeps me sane. And the idea of being stuck, I don't think anyone should ever be stuck in anything they're doing. Life's too short to be stuck. Um, I'm going to keep this one short because I really don't know what I'm doing and I'm also driving a car. Um, So I'm going to come back with another episode and I think what I want to do is I want to get some people on here to to interview people and just... like. I feel like the book world is just never talked about. Um, and there's a lot of cool shit that goes on in it, filled with a lot of really cool people. Um, so I'll figure out what's going to happen on my end. And on your end, I hope you enjoyed this one. And um, I hope to see you all again on the next one. Uh, thanks. <laughs>